Hi, this is Craig from Spam by Me, brought to you in association with Mark, Marco Van Pickering, and this is the You Will Never Walk Together podcast, episode 7. Now I'm going to start on a bit of a sombre note. Um, last week Mark had to leave us due to a technical error. His man had shouted in for his tea, so he had to go in. Uh, street lights were on. So obviously he had to go in and then he were grounded because he'd uh, not tidied his bedroom so he couldn't come and play back out. So I hope he's well. Um, I hope he enjoyed himself. I know he normally does. Um, that being said, I've got a couple of congratulations to go through this week. I want to congratulate Brooke. She scored her first goal in her first game, a kids' five-a-side birthday party. Not last Sunday, just gone Sunday before. By all accounts, it was a good goal. I didn't get to see it. It went over two kids' heads and then threw another kid's legs, which I'm not quite sure how it managed to do that, but it defied the laws of physics. Um, I'd like to congratulate Paddy Bamford on the birth of his child. I know we've spoke about it recently. No one's sure if it's a boy or a girl. Just wanted to say congratulations to him. But on a weird note, I just wanted to say, why is it like when somebody has a baby, the first thing that they do as a bloke is, is whip the tits out, they like sit there for this skin-on-skin sort of picture i don't know if like the child's going to refuse to bond with the father unless it can hear its heartbeat and breastfeed off at dad and stuff like that so yeah i just wanted to say congratulations to everybody and uh i'm aware that mark has some congratulations that he would also like to get out into the ether so uh mark how the devil are you I'm great, thank you very much. Yep, obviously, I'll start with my uh, own personal congratulations. So, talking of skin-on-skin contacts for newborn babies, I uh, became a father for the first time 18 years ago today. So, um, my little baby um, turns 18 today. So, obviously, happy birthday to Izzy. Um, yeah, obviously, it's weird for me because when your little girl turns 18, she's now an adult and, you know, going off in the big wide world and stuff like that. But, um, yeah. Obviously, love you lots, Izzy, and um, you know, happy 18th birthday. And because of that, it's very, very early on, but I would like to make the code word Isabel today. I just nice. feel like it's, um, you know, just for her. And by all means, add one later if you want, Greg, but I think that's definitely one to call out and give her a bit of a shout. But um, yeah, happy birthday, Izzy, love you loads. And yeah, in terms of congratulations on your end, Craig, I mean, the wife, I mean, why it won't record this goal, I don't know, no. because, um, yeah, might be on some sort I've heard of... about it, but I'd love to have seen it. I mean, I would too. was it more Gazaresque in terms of flipping it over kids' heads and then volume it in, or was it a case of sure. just whacking it over heads? You know, we need, to, we need of... more context, really, so. It, it, it changes every time that she brings it up, which is weird, because I never bring it up. <laughs> so it, it, got, it went fantastic. over two kids' heads and then through another kid's legs, so it must have sort of gone with top spin and then side spin and then a bit of back spin but apparently every goal that's ever scored in Premier League now that we say like oh my goal were like that so played one <laughs> scored one she's on a good record I think she's retired now I've got scored more recently than Bamford than all the other stats so <laughs> um, yeah great segue into the fact of congratulations to Bamford on the birth of his child um, yeah you're right yeah, I've gone very quiet on that front you know she was expecting a girl but um if nothing's come out and I mean it's probably just mother baby father enjoying the time together and you know everything's too social media these days so maybe they're just having a little bit of a blackout and having some family time and um, so you know meeting the family and stuff like that but yeah by sounds of it Brooke's probably in line for a start soon at Leeds so you get your son signed up I've heard of Mr Bielson you might get some game time at the weekend I think she's no, obviously she's yeah, from, from the congratulations we've kind of got yeah down to business Um you might want me to start, I don't know, obviously we had our game yeah, yesterday, but where do you well, want to start this week? I think I'll let you put yourself out of your misery, if I'm being honest, Mark. 
<laughs> and the only way is up after that. But this week, I will, you know, give you room to uh, have your say because I always try and jump away from this. But no, obviously, we're referring to yesterday's game as I'll start off with um, Leeds versus Manchester United yesterday, which was the 20th of February. Um, yeah, I mean, first thing I want to say is I am immensely proud of, of those 11 men and also the subs that came on yesterday. I mean, what a game. It, it, you know, I'll go through obviously the game in more detail in a moment, but I just wanted to say that I am every inch a proudly United fan today. And um, yeah, I'll give you some reasons why, but obviously the result was, was Leeds United 2, Manchester United 4. And sometimes you walk away from a, a game when you've been beaten, but you're still proud. And you're still singing louder than any fans in the stadium and you're still behind your boys. But yeah, the reason for that, we went 2-0 down in first half. And to be honest, I won't dissect it too much, but we conceded from a corner, which was United's first goal from a corner in a lot of games. Uncle Slobhead. Simple marking again. Lorente yet again, took his eyes off the ball. Um, well, it, it kind of didn't. I mean, maybe he didn't have the eyes on the ball, he had his eyes on the man. But for me, it was just too easy. You saw it happen, you know, when, when Mings did it and then you saw it happen when other people have done it. But for me, corners are shocking at Leeds. We need to really get a grip of corners. And um, every team that's going to fancy a corner now is going to fancy a goal, aren't they? But um, yeah, that was just the case of sloppy. And then second one for me, again, we allowed, you know, we allowed their defender to just stroll right up the pitch and again, I'm like, tackle him, tackle him, you know, put a foot in, put a foot in. No one did. And when Lindelof can carry a ball 45 yards, like that, 50 yards, and then, you know, the ball ends up with bloody Freddie Mercury, old yeah. uh, Bruno, you know, <laughs> Bruno Fernandes, and he bangs one in. It was just, for us then, it was game over. And I'll be honest with you, I sat there at half-time, Craig, and it was pissing it down my rain, as you know. Lucas said, I'm going to get some, uh, I'm going to go keep driving in the stands. I just sat in my seat, sulking like a fucking child. And I was Absolutely. sat there, rain's hammering me, and the lad sits next to us, Dave. He's like, are you going up there? I went, I, I just don't want to, Dave. I'm just not, not feeling it. And after all anticipation and build-up and giving myself up to win this game, it all disappeared in 45 minutes. But then, second half came, and I'll be honest, we had the craziest, and I had the craziest moment, minute of my life I've ever had at Ellen Road. That is up there with, you know, late winners we've had. It was up there with, you know, promotion, with sealing goals to go through in Cups. That was the craziest minute of my life when obviously Rodrigo scored that, that cross. It won a cross. Yeah, he never made a shoot. Rodrigo crossed it in. It went in net and beat the hair. And then obviously Dan James sort of made it from kickoff, managed to get position, rubbed them, swung into Rafinha who coming at back post and he made it too old. And I'll be honest with you, South Stand went absolutely wild. I have not seen limbs in the South Stand like that ever. That was the craziest we've ever been. And I mean, at one point I were on floor lying on top of a block that sits near us and we were hugging each other and I'm like a bit of a homoerotic vibe to this but ultimately we didn't give a shit it was just unbelievable that moment and the fans I mean yeah it just went crazy and you know what we got beat far too they, they scored two very well put together goals you look back at them and you think if Robin Cock hadn't gone off I know we've got a separate point to discuss on Robin yeah, Cock right. actually I know something you mentioned to me yesterday but um, yeah in regards to if Cock were on pitch at that point I don't think they'd have been scored because they just seemed to intricate little passing there was nobody really there defending it and, and they scored two what I would call professional goals and we talked about that when we talked about Liverpool before, you know, the clinical and they just managed to do what they needed to do and, and score the goals. But yeah, we lost 4-2 but I think just for that one moment we had where we came back in the game and I you text me during the game and you were like, have that, you you know, bleep bleepers. <laughs> it was just like, yeah, obviously it went mad and um, I'll never forget that even though we got beat and the fact we sung and sung and sung even at the end of the game, you know, we were singing as arts out like we always do at Ellen Road and we don't give up. So for me, we showed a lot of fight, yet we're still where we are at the table. We had a bad weekend with results. And that does scare me a little bit because we still need to pick up the points. But the final point I'll make before I switch on to your view is just that I thought Rodrigo were class. 
and I really feel like Rodrigo is coming into his own now. As much as Bamford's missing, I feel like last two or three games, I've mentioned Rodrigo's name and he's getting better and better and better. And even though we're not winning games, I feel like something's turning somewhere. I think on, on his day and on our day, we will have our day at some point soon, we're going to get some valuable points, I think, down the line. But I thought Forshaw was immense. Adam Forshaw was yeah, all over the shop. And the fact that he's had two years out injured, all right, he's been playing a few weeks now, but the fact that he's had two years out injured and he's he just completely bossed that midfield at points, we made him look really poor. You know, which is brilliant. And I think Rafinha, as much as I've given him a lot of shit, I think he deserved to start on bench. I'm not, I'm not going to question Bielsa on that. I feel like he needed to sort of be, you know, get taught a bit, not taught a lesson, but just said to him, you know, you can't just guarantee a start every week and just not do it and then think you're going to start. And obviously, K on, they were great. You know, we're driving fast in the second half. He got a low deserved goal. And then Pascal striker, and I thought were brilliant in defence. And I get we've conceded fast. He probably sat there saying, why are you picking out your defender? But it's just unbelievable. That kid is getting better and better and better. And as much as he's, he's not fit to, at the moment, lace his boots, he reminds me a little bit of Virgil van Dijk, only because he's tall, he's slim, he's sort of commanding, you know, he's getting really strong. Not much gets past him. Laurenti on the other hand seems to let everyone get past him. But, you know, strike for me is getting better and better and better. And I feel like he may be, in, in a year's time, one of the players that we're talking about, we can't let him go like we are with, you know, Rafinha and Phillips. But, um, yeah, I thought all in all, I predicted a 2-1 United win, Man United win. It was a Man United win, far to I never expected in a million years. No. But, um, yeah, what I would say is, I'm not going to slag him off. I was immensely, immensely proud. And, you know what, it's gone now. And, and we move on, don't we? So yeah, Craig, what are your what are your thoughts? Uh, for me, it was as a neutral, slightly biased neutral. I think it was a good match to watch. Um, it leads were typical leads, you know, live by the sword, die by the sword. So go two 0 down. Ninety percent of teams in Premier League are just like you said, like you did, sat in South Stand, you know, or, or sat in whatever stand, seeing their ass, felt a bit sorry for himself, and then gone on to lose three 0 But from two 0 down to two all, that well, one of like you say, one of the best minutes of probably your life, but I've really enjoyed the minute. However, I missed most of it because as soon as Rodrigo scored, I pressed pause on the box to shout Brooke in because she were in kitchen to show her the goal. And then by then, Leeds had scored the second, so I sort of missed the goal and then re-watched the goal. I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. Anyway, um, I'd, I'd had a couple of comments, a bit, little points. I don't know how it ended up 11 v 11. I really don't. I think um, Scott McTomato should have been booked about a dozen times. I think there were um, six fouls he committed that yeah. should have been bookable offences. Yeah, I, th- I think it was poor. Um, I don't know, like I said, Luke Shaw, same, he, he had a couple of fouls that could have ended up as a red card. I think if they go down to 10, it's game on. Uh, Ronaldo didn't look particularly amazing. I think um, Melier yeah, made a good save right at the beginning, keep keep them out of, to keep Ronaldo out sort of thing. Uh, I think Leeds are sort of missing a big, like you said, a big dominant centre-back like a Virgil van Dijk type, and they're conceding a lot of silly goals from set players, corners especially and stuff, you know, they conceded. That was Manu's first goal from a corner all season, which for them shit, and for Leeds is even shitter, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> That's that, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's really bad. Leeds, to be fair though, Leeds finished with more possession, more goal attempts and more shots on target. So, you know, they can't have done that badly. I just think a couple of decisions had gone their way instead. Uh, um you know, I had a couple of other points as well. I think um, the penis pincher, Mr. Robin Cock, is that a concussion substitution? Do they not bring him off straight away? I know we'll probably get into this a bit later on, but these are a couple of talking points anyway that I've sort of come away with game. Could the game have been called off? Bournemouth and Forest were called off. Thought, you know, 
similar sort of circumstance weather-wise. Uh, and there's a couple of things I want to ask you about the ugly side of the game rearing its head again. I think there were a bit yeah, of I knew you were gonna, and, and I thought sort of, yeah. I didn't both. want to sort of talk about it when I was trying to praise lads. But yeah. I mean, if you want to discuss them points now, I think it's a great place to discuss them. But yeah, ask your question. I'll, go yeah, on, I'll, by the way. I'll, I'll bring it up for you. Uh, I think there was shocking behaviour on both sides. Uh, I think the turkey fan, the, the turkey flag thing waving, I think that was disgusting, to be honest with you. I, I know you'll agree with me. And the coin hitting a Man United player, I think that were disgusting. I think it's absolutely disgusting that a Yorkshireman would be willing to throw money at Man United. I don't know how we feel about that. Being as tight I think as a Yorkshire well, forecast. I think thing in here as well, so I think I agree with you. The turkey flags, you know, it, it's old news now. I know we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, so we're talking about, you know, that time in, in Turkey with that game and that season, but it's just get something new, get some new material. I mean, for me, it's disrespectful, especially to the lads to the two lads that died son because I know he still goes to Abroad and he's still a massive Leeds fan so every single time they just treasure memories for his family and both families you know there's two, two guys that died and I think on flip side as well though there were some Munich chants and there were some aeroplane you know gestures being made and I yeah. can be honest with you I didn't do either of those I don't condone it so for me if you are listening to this and you did that it's a poor move you know, it, it, it's like being in playground, didn't you? Oh, he hit me, sir, so I hit him back. And I suppose that's defending yourself. But, you know, he called me, so I called him some back. Or you like flagging each other's mum off us at high school. Yeah. I just hey. feel like it wasn't unnecessary because on both parts, people lost their lives. And especially that, you know, disaster in Munich was horrific. You know, there were professional footballers at peak of their uh, careers that lost their lives. And um, it was poor. The coin throwing, don't agree with it. I mean, it's hard because, and I'll be completely honest there, when, when Elenga scored, he ran behind the net in the south stand, which is known as the sort of fire pit at Ellen Road, shushing crowd. Yeah. You might as well just stand there with your arms out and say, go and have a shot because he's going to get somewhere. And, you know, I'm not saying I condone it because FA and I investigating us on the back of it, which uh, means another fine because they will find us guilty because obviously evidence on TV, you can't miss yeah. it. But, um, and it smacked him square on the head, didn't it? But, um, Fair yeah, I just shot, think. For a good shot. Yeah. yeah I, mean, I think these, these people that throw coins were... are wasted. They should be darts players. Some some of them are really yeah, accurate. I was going mean, to say to get a ball launch shot. a coin or a lighter <laughs> and stuff like that, 30, 40 yards onto someone's head. I mean, it's disgusting, it but were. it's a good shot. It is a good shot. I think yeah, fair play to to Arrow and on that. But I just think yeah, it's one of them that it just don't make us look good, does it? And I mean, no. thing is, what's annoying me is you know all these football accounts on Twitter, social media, Facebook, stuff like that. They're all sharing all these Leeds fans doing this and that. They're all Man United run by these giddy little armchair fans that have a little, well, it's not you know. Footy Unligans and all this Footy Stories.com you know all these crappy shitty Facebook pages and they're all sharing these Man United things because they're all Man United led fans that are doing it clearly or anti-Leeds shall we say and then they don't show the the, the, the Turkish flags and all the, the shit there was a guy on I think on his Snapchat that was like I'm ready for Leeds away and he had like a turkey flag as an emoji wouldn't have had an actual flag on a train and yeah just, just get some new material boys I mean yeah and I will be honest with you they, these so-called massive Man United away fans are shite they only sing when the score and it was the same chance and it's a bit like where have you been for the rest of the time at one point we forgot they were there and I, I get it we're at home so we are going to be noisy set of fans but yeah everyone's saying our oh, United got best away supporting country it's absolute bollocks I'll be honest with you we'll probably say Geordies are up there and I'd probably say you know we haven't had Liverpool at our place yet that's obviously to come you know, later in the season but you know I just feel like um, yeah the fans weren't that great and some of them you know were a bit shocking in the behaviour but so were ours I just think yeah don't condone it so I think, yeah, it's great to bring them points up and I think you brought them up at the right time, which is away from, you know, reflecting on game and talking about the good side of the game and you're probably quite right to the good side of the game. And I mean, you, you mentioned the concussion thing. I think we were going to cover it, 
I think it's a good point, maybe, before we start covering your game, I'll cover that. You said yeah. to me didn't you, yesterday that should he have gone off, and apparently he was offered a concussion, so I didn't know this, I were at the game. So you don't get these snippets. And then my wife messaged me and someone else messaged me, and they were like, oh, we're offered a concussion sub. But apparently he didn't take it, according to the studio. So they also kind of said, oh, we've bandaged him up, let's play on. And then he's taken another knock, and he's kind of gone off because of knock. And you are right, I think anything like that, where a player's cut badly, I mean, if you're in boxing, yeah, that's potentially a call-off, isn't it? You know, if they get a cut, and it's a bad cut to the red, any more blows to your head and it could hurt, you know, they can't fight off that than some cuts. Yeah. So I do believe that, yeah, maybe they should have had a bit more sense because you have to header a ball and heading a ball is concerned contact. You've got Scott McTominay, or McNugget as I call him, throwing his elbows around and same with Luke Shaw. Remember Alan Shader when he used to jump up and elbow people? Uh, That's how much how many players he thinks is you know big man that gives Fellaini. up on elbows. And Captain stuff, Elbows, Marion Fellaini. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Fellaini were like, you know, great. He made a, made a career of it, didn't he? But, yeah, I think when you messaged me yesterday, you're absolutely right. Any player like that, Manny, we talked about at AFCON recently, anyone that's been concussed, you know, it can affect you for a number of days, can't it? And like boxers, why shouldn't they get medical sign-off? And they get to after a bad fight if they've took damage. You're not allowed to box for another three months, so if you're in UFC, you know, they'll say to you, won't they, you can't box again for 60 days, suspension or whatever. So, yeah, I think you were absolutely spot on with that when you said it to me. I think they should do more for that, given... I know it's not really relevant, but given the situation of a Rob Burrow, for example, who's got MND, you know, Liz Reynolds, rugby player, yeah. he's they're, they're trying to attribute some of the impact of rugby league into that, aren't they? And I think, same goes for football, you are going to get impacts, maybe not as much in other contact sports, but it can have a lasting effect on you. So I think you're absolutely right. I think concussion should be an instant sub, not included in your substitution. I know it isn't, because they have started introducing new laws on that protect, yeah. to protect people, but... Yeah, I just feel like um, he should have come off with that and potentially shouldn't have played on. Didn't damage us necessarily, I don't think, but in the long run, damaged him. What, what are your thoughts on that? So it was your great point that you brought up. Well, I brought it up, but in the studio they said that if he'd have taken the concussion substitution, then Manchester United would have been a legal. Well, well, would have legally been allowed a fourth substitution to make up for it. So I think that sort of gamesmanship came into it a little bit there. But I think. I know you've referenced their boxing and rugby league. Rugby league do a really good thing, and it's a concussion substitution. So basically, the decision's taken out the players' hands straight away. Ten minutes, you get to bring another player on, and he goes back and is is assessed. You know, they'll do visual tests and God knows what else tests to make sure that he's not concussed and is all right and stuff like that. And if after them ten minutes, it passes the concussion test, it can come back and the substitution doesn't count, sort of thing. But if he ain't fit and he ain't, you know, he is is suffering with concussion or something else then he do not come back on. So I think Rugby League's sort of setting a, a great example there of what football should be doing, especially with an injury like that. Like you say, they're, they're potentially one of them where concussion comes back to haunt you in your later career. I know they're trying to bring things forward with um, heading ball and stuff like that. So if you want to take a, a step in the sort of right direction, then a concussion substitution like that should, should sort of be thing. You should have taken the decision out of the player's hands. You know, if... if any player on that pitch gets a bit of a knock on their head or whatever, or a bump or a cut, they're still going to want to play on regardless. It's it's sort of in their nature. Absolutely it's bred into them. So if you take the decision out of their hands, right, 10 minutes, we'll assess you. If you're fit and you're ready to go back on, you can go back on. If you're not, you're not. It's taken out your hands. Um, I think patching him up and sending him on, sending him on, you know, it could cause long-term damage. I know, I don't know if you'll have seen it yourself. Obviously, you were at the match, so you, you don't get the angles and the whatever that, 
being sat at home does. He sort of sat on on deck and he, he sort of did a you know like when you say if people are flashing your lights in your car and they sort of open and close your hands. That's sort of the gesture that he made, which suggests that he can either see flashing lights or he's seeing flashing lights or something's pulsing. So obviously it was concussion and it could have potentially had longer term damage going back on rather than taking that 10 minutes out, taking that bit of a period, a bit of rest, you know, seeing how he actually is and then coming either, either coming on or coming off, you know. I agree with that. I think that's a great summary. I think it's it's one that will come up again because it's getting more and more frequent, isn't it? I think there's more awareness now and I believe because of certain people in sport that have suffered, I, be, I think we're getting more awareness, aren't we, around concussion and, and injuries like that to your head because it's, it's now been linked to mental health or mental illnesses or, you know, there's a lot of stuff that can go wrong, can't there, when your brain's affected. So, yeah, I think it's a very, very good point and probably a right place to put that. And I guess that leads us nicely to another positive I've got one more Reds. question. You've got another one? Yeah. There one Just a tiny one. one um, and it's, it's a throwaway question, really. Do you reckon game could have been called off? I know Bournemouth and Forest were called off. Similar sort of circumstances. And I know I mean, the... all the travelling Leeds fans and all the travelling United fans that have been bitterly disappointed... You know, you've got yourself up for that game, but the pitch was shocking. It, you know, it was waterlogged at times. Yeah. Potentially, it's one of them where you're running for a ball and you pull an hamstring and you're out for the rest of the season. I think it could have been, yeah. I think, as, as a, let's take me off, you know, of our looking forward to game and I've been waiting weeks for it. I think, yes, you're right, because the weather was horrific. I mean, I got completely soaked. The players were getting soaked. The pitch, the ball wasn't even bouncing at one point. You know, there were, there were balls getting played. And I mean, Take it back to the 1960s, you know, where you had to play on a pitch like that every week. That's what, that was proper skill for you, wasn't it, from players back in the day. But, yeah, I believe it could have been called off. I just feel like it was um, it was really boggy and crappy. And you're right, it wouldn't have made the fans happy. But would it have made for a better quality of game? Could we have got, a, you know, a result on a better day? I don't know. It might have affected both sides the way they played the game. But, yeah, I wouldn't have been shocked if it had been called off. But again, Leeds aren't ones for calling games off. So unless somebody from FA or Premier League comes in and says you're not playing, Leeds will always put a game on because that's just how we are as a club. You know, we don't like letting it, letting fans down. But yeah, I think they could have been called off. I wouldn't have been shocked if that had have happened, to be honest. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I will swiftly move on to Liverpool versus Inter Milan. Um, midweek it was. I predicted 3-1. 2-0 in end. I thought that we'd have conceded, but we didn't in end. So I was happy with that. I think it was a great result away from Anfield. They only managed one attempt, uh, which hit the woodwork, and technically that don't class as being a shot on target for some strange reason. I'm not sure why that is. Uh, we did have a little bit more possession, 52%, and we passed the ball around a bit, a fair bit better than they did. Neither keeper made a save. We had two shots on target in full match, and we scored with both attempts. Uh, for me it were a bit weird though because commentators made it seem as if it were close but I, I, I personally didn't think that it were that close uh, I thought that we have sort of were at times we were a bit wasteful and we have been, you know, I've spoke about it a few times over recent weeks we've been a bit sloppy with his possession passing doesn't seem as crisp as um, as what it could have been uh, I wasn't pleased when Jota went off I worried that he's going to be out for a while now I think he's done some either ligament damage in his ankle or around the ankle area so from what I gather he brought Firmino on for him, who uh, got himself on the um, scar sheet. Nice little header. I thought we were a bit hit and miss as well. Trent again for me, bit hit and miss. Um, bit off at pace. He keeps getting caught out. 
you know, further up pitch than where he needs to be. Um, I thought Canati and Van Dyke played well at back. Elliot starting, which goes to show, you know, the manager's got a lot of confidence in him. Young player, youngest ever player that we've had in Champs League by all accounts now. So he's got a bright future ahead of him, as everyone keeps saying. Um, yeah, 2 0 job done. Should be easy enough coming back to Anfield now. Uh, Salah got a scrappy goal. I don't know if you sort of seen it. It got Trent whipped the ball in, knocked down, and then sort of. Salah sort of scraped it in at far post, so it's nice for Salah. That's eight consecutive goals, okay, eight consecutive away goals for Salah in Champs League, which isn't a bad record, really, considering he's been away at AFCON, and, you know, and he hasn't been, been rested for a while now, anyway. Um, a bit worried for uh, when he subbed Fabinho off as well for Henderson, because I thought Fabinho were playing quite well. Diaz, again, outstanding for me. I think he's uh, probably, or should be, one of the first names on team sheet over the past couple of weeks he's proved you know not only does he belong there he's, he's proved that he's good enough for a starting position on that left hand side um, yeah it was nice to see Rio Ferdinand in a bit of a, a monk as well I know Leeds <laughs> fans are exactly enamoured to Rio I, I don't know how you feel about Rio to be honest with you but one of them he sort of left to go to Man United but did he go in great circumstances or bad circumstances um, he's just a knob, isn't he? Like that's the way I summarise yeah. him. You know, we can digress on that another time. But yeah, yeah I think, I think that's, a, that's a podcast on, on his own, on its own. <laughs> I think obviously he's going to be biased because he's a Man United player, and I know this sounds that's a bit it. vulgar, but I think he's got a, a bit of a mouth like a broken vagina. So that every time he comes on TV, <laughs> he gets that hurled at him, mainly because of his uh, his Manchester United career rather than his Leeds career. So yeah, that's uh, that's the Liverpool versus Inter Milan game sort of summarised and wrapped up. Um, I wanted to say as well that Salah's got, I think it's 34 goals now in Champs League for Liverpool. He's just bit well, he's a couple of goals now behind Gerrard, so he's the second top scorer in Europe for, for Liverpool, which isn't bad. And then, yeah, do you have any take on the Liverpool versus Inter Milan match? I agree with your point. I think it was, for me, quite one-sided. I kept talking to you during the game saying, when are you going to score? You know, it's coming, it's coming. And you were like, I don't know. And then it kind of, you know, you scored. And I think it was just, I think, quite dominant. Yeah, the short flashes. I don't think the touch just to be honest with you. I feel like it was a case of always going to be a positive result from sort of outset, really. I know you might start a bit slower, but I don't know. I felt like you had control over the game. I felt like the goals were deserved. I felt like it was a good result. And um, no, I think I think it's job done in my eyes now. For the next leg. I think you're going to cruise through. I hope complacency didn't come in because Marnie were wasteful in some of the chances. He sort of. What early, one early chances he sort of headed that wide, and then he tried some sort of weird flick, you know, some sort of like half scissor kick. But we can, I'm going to get into that a little bit later in the um, the Norwich game. So yeah, I'll uh, I'll use that as a segue. If, seems, seems like a good yeah, enough time. Yeah, perfect segue to the uh, game at the weekend. <laughs> yeah, Norwich. I predicted four nil, same as you. So that was Liverpool versus Norwich on the nineteenth. I um. I predicted that we were going to dominate them, to be honest. And I think for the first 60 minutes or so, I don't think we did. I think it were a pretty fair game, pretty equal game. I think we struggled to uh, break them down, but in the end we grinded out a win. We dominated possession again, but and either of the teams could have took lead. I know Pookie sort of dragged it wide. We had a couple of chances. Van Dijk scored. I think he were offside. Um, yeah, we, we finished with eight shots on target, and they had one. So I think the atmosphere were a bit, bit lacking, to be honest with you. And I know 
that at times that sort of every time I've been to Anfield, it's been a good atmosphere. But at times it's sort of you can hear a pin drop. If there's nothing for the crowd to shout about, I think they struggle to get behind them. Obviously, when there is summer, then obviously the crowd can get behind them. I think Trent were rested in place of Gomez. I don't think Gomez were bad. He sort of, but to me, I think that's sort of putting Trent in his place in a weird way, a bit like Rafinha at Leeds saying, you know, you're not undroppable. If you're going to drop off in form, then you can get benched like everybody else. I think in a weird way, I think they were half rested for Leeds match in the same way that Robbo were half rested for Leeds match. And in another way, it was saying, if you're playing shit, we're going to drop you. And it is, is sort of dropped a little bit in the past couple of weeks. As Trent, in my opinion, anyway, a lot of people might, might think different. Um, Mane started up top in a, a three-man pronged attack, which I don't think sort of naturally suits him. He likes to be further out on the left-hand side. And uh, obviously Salah starts out on right. I don't think he's got enough in him to lead the front line, a bit like what Jota sort of is in the same position, but he's better at it. And same with Firmino. Firmino's obviously the the front of the, of the three-pronged attack. Um, I think Ox, Oxlade-Chamberlain, I think he were a bit shit. If I'm being honest with you, I think he's had a couple too many injuries now, and he's sort of for me, he's going the way that Sturridge went for us. Started out amazing, bags of potential, you know, world beater, top class English lad, plenty of potential. But now I think them injuries is just sort of catching up to him, and he's he's dropping back in terms of his his pace is dropping off, and I don't really think he's got much of an end product. I know he scored an header a couple of weeks ago, but for me, he's not doing enough at the minute. Um, squad player, I think probably, if I'm being honest, I think it's his, his last season in a Liverpool shirt. I think he's probably going to end up somewhere like, you know, Newcastle or linking up with Gerard at Villa. Uh, I thought it were a good equaliser from Mane after we, we shouldn't really have conceded. It were a massive, massive deflection. Again, I think Oxlade were at fault for the goal. He could have closed him down, got a bit tighter, but it sort of dropped off. They took a shot. Alisson dived one way, ball went the other way off a of Matip. It's been given as an own goal and then it's been given as their goal, so I'm not sure where it sort of currently lies. Equaliser from Mane were good, crossed in, and I think he's been practising on FIFA. You know when you hold left trigger in and you do that flare shot? Because he's been trying it a couple of weeks. <laughs> so he's sort of he's held left trigger in and then he's, he's done like a flare sidekick from about six yard out. Now, keeper could have done better. We're right next to keeper. But I know you play FIFA yourself, and it's one of them where if you're on pro clubs and that goal goes in, you turn your computer off because you know what's going to happen after that. It's like, yeah, it's not Lash, we're going to get beat here, boys. It's computers playing for them because that's one of them where nine times out of ten, keeper just sticks a hand out and he saves it. But it went in. Momentum shifter, that, isn't it? That's yeah, what that they call then. Momentum then, shifter and half. And then Alisson got an assist, you know, picked the ball up, kicked it out and fell on his ass. Goes all the way across to end up pitch. Salah gets hold at ball. Runs it to end, does like a Cruyff turn, keeper goes one way and the P rolls it into net, into an open net. It wrong footed, I think it were either two or three defenders and goalkeeper. Both of his goals, his goal against um, Inter and that goal against Norwich, I think it had a combined total of about 10 mile an hour because they've both just trickled. Um, I was looking at stats, I know you like your stats yourself, Mark. Um, that assist that Alisson got there has put him on par. With a couple of players, it's um, put him on in line with Firpo, Forshaw, Dallas, and Harrison have all got one assistant Premier League this season. So I like that. Yeah, hundred and fifty goals for Liverpool now, which is is you know it's amazing considering he's classed as a winger 
and a Chelsea reject, but, you know, we can do a full podcast on Chelsea players that have been rejected, that have sort of come back to bite them in the arse. Um, the third goal, well wrapped off by Diaz. Henderson came on, well, it started, so when, um, I can't remember who it was, that got subbed for Thiago. Thiago came on and sort of, as soon as Thiago came on, the, the dynamic of the game sort of shifted. I think he's like an old-fashioned, and I know this gets mentioned a few times, he pings ball about like a bit of a quarterback in American football. So he picks the pass, he sees the pass, he's got a very cutting pass. But ironically, well, I don't know really ironically, weirdly enough, it were Henderson that picks the pass for him, cut up four or five defenders. Diaz just sort of pulled away, dropped back, dropped back, and then pushed forward and then just dinked it with his left foot, which is weird because I've been saying he's predominantly right-footed in the first goal that he scores in Premier League with his left foot. So I think Mark's going again. Nope, he's back. I'm not sure if he's back or not. I think I'm on my own again. don't think he likes that goal. I am still here. Sorry, yeah. it was just temporarily. <laughs> Bloody mom, phones again, eh? Modern technology. Has your mum called you in again for your tea? That was it. You see, it was tea time or dinner time, actually. But, um, yeah, I'm allowed back. Ten more minutes. Well, well I, I, just, um, I don't know if you heard. I was just wrapping up the third goal by Diaz. Just dinked it over keeper. Nice finish. Great ball through for Henderson. Just cut about four or five defenders out. Lifted it over, and I was just saying, it's ironic I've been saying he's predominantly right-footed for the past couple of weeks in his first goals with his left foot. Uh, I thought he showed a good composure, good pace, good ability, calm, uh, and that's eight wins on bounce now. So I think we've still got a couple of extra gears to get into. I think we struggled to break them down for an hour. Um, I know in terms of stats and stuff like that, it looks like we absolutely battered them. Um, but it, it sometimes it's, it depends on how you feel about how you look, when what you can sort of interpret what you see. But yeah, I, th- I thought we struggled to break them down, and then as soon as Salah got that second goal, that were it. You could hear. I mean, I've only just watched match that day. I didn't watch it until this morning, and you can hear crowd lift when Salah gets that goal, and and that's it. It's sort of the onus is on us now to to push forward and get the third, the far far whatever. But yeah, I went for four nil, same as you, and ended up three one. So I'll take that. You know, the two wins again on bounce. Don't know if you've got any views on the uh, Norwich game, Mark. I think a brave one, really. I think for me, you just... You, you, credit to Norwich, I'll admit that for the first time, you know. I'm not scared to give rivals a bit of a, a bit of a shout, but I feel like Norwich kind of gave you a game for a large period, didn't they? They wanted it. And obviously, when they went ahead and stuff like that, I think they just really kind of fought and fought and fought. But again, I think quality always shines through. And a bit like our own game yesterday, I think when you've got that bit of class and it's world class at that, in the place that you possess, especially like you said, you like some Mane Salah, Diaz, who I think has been a revelation for me. I thought it might have taken some time, but he's just settled right in, which I think is uh, brilliant for Liverpool because obviously it means he's firing straight off. But yeah, I just felt like in the end, I think the quality shone through and it was always going to be the case. I mean, I was rooting for you because let's be honest, if they'd have beat you yesterday, not yesterday, sorry, Saturday, I'd have been gutted because um, you know people gain points on us. But yeah, I felt like once you started to get your heads kind of out of your arses a bit and go, actually, we, you know, just play how we, we, play how we normally play. You kind of did the job again, you know, and I think yeah. it were a fair result. And yeah, I think eight wins on the bounce is fantastic. I mean, I was saying to to to, sort of Luke, to Lucas yesterday, we haven't talked about Liverpool defeat yet on this, and I think that's a great run. Maybe maybe the the, the form coincided with our podcast. Maybe where the yeah, maybe, maybe where the but, lucky ones. <laughs> then again, Leeds have won a game since we uh, started doing this podcast either, so maybe that's telling me something. <laughs> yeah. but, you know, it's got to go both ways. Them, and I think yeah, great result. I think you've had another good week. I think. Um, 
I mean, this might spoil it, it might segue it, but I hope you have an absolutely shitty week this week, especially on Wednesday night. But um, yeah, I think it's probably a good point to bring this in where we're going to, you know, first time ever, we're putting heads. But yeah. obviously we've got Leeds versus Liverpool this coming yeah. Wednesday, the 23rd of February. Um, who wants to start? I mean, we're both previewing as, <laughs> as, as on team against each other, so it's going to be a weird one this, but... I don't know. Do you want to start? Do you want me to start? Uh, I'll I'll let you start. I think a lot of points are probably going to be very similar, to be honest with you. But I'll, uh, I'll let you go, and then I'll I'll say I'll my keep piece. it as brief as I can. I think, like I said, we've both got games at weekend after that, especially a big one for you. But um, yeah, I and think you. this Wednesday, I'm, I'm I'm scared. Don't get me wrong. I think as much as you've been, you know, dragging yourselves over line in a couple of games recently, and you've had to wake up in, especially you know, wake up in latter parts of game on on, on Saturday. I still think you're a very, very good side. I think you've got world-class players throughout. I think even some of your standing players are probably getting to, you know, some Premier League teams, let's be honest with you. You know, some of the players you bring off a bench would probably warrant a place in one of your maybe lower Premier League sides, even ours potentially. But I just think Anfield's a fortress to go to. I think the form you're in, eight wins in a row don't lie. And I think, you know, you're probably going to make it nine wins in a row. The only kind of guy, the only shining light I've got on this game is we fought like, hell on Saturday sorry on Saturday on Sunday getting us both mixed up we fought like hell on Sunday and I think if we take that same spirit to Anfield we might give you a game so I'm not going to sit here and be a dick and be like oh we're going to beat you because I don't think we are but I said to you yesterday didn't I? if we go like that and say you know what we're not going to lie down and we want to have a bit of a boxing match for you and we might you know get forward you know you have shipped in goals here and there this season not a lot you know I, don't, I can't remember the last time you conceded two I don't know, that's a yeah. stat that maybe you can warm to me, but I know yeah, I you've could, got an accuracy of one, up, you know, could, one goal at you. Couldn't tell you. So, yeah, I, I think it's been a while, hasn't it? So, yeah, I think for me, to predict it, I'm probably going to say, and I think you'll get a few because that's the way we play. We concede, especially corners with Van Dijk, I think, on field day. But I want to probably go out there. I'm going to give us a goal. I do believe that the way you play in terms of going to toe with teams like Leeds, I think you'll let us have one. Not let us have one, but I think we'll get one. But I think, I'm going to go for 3-1 to Liverpool and I keep being negative about my own team but I'm not going to be stupid enough to to predict that you know we're going to beat you when you, you probably in my opinion the form team right now in Premier League and City fans can take what they want of that but um, yeah I should Liverpool for me a team to beat you know Tower Race has took a swing and I've been talking about this on for weeks and I've said it and I've said it and I've said it and I got ridiculed by a couple of Leeds fans on Liverpool fans actually you know people have come to me who are no mutuals that listen to podcasts and said ah oh, you believe on about title race when it's done. I said, you see. And obviously Spurs, you know, beating City at weekend, set it up quite nicely now. You win yeah, this game in hand, it's a three-point gap. You've got City to play. You're flying at the moment. You're not even at full throttle yet because you've got players that, you know, like you say, performance has not been great. So I can't see anything more than a home win. I just thought that we give you a game. It's entertaining. And that, you know, we, we give a good account of ourselves. But yeah, I'll sort of stop shy at that and let you sort of put your preview onto it. Yep, no worries. Um, I'd, first of all, I'd like to give a shout out to my super fan of this week. Not mine personally, but the podcast super fan. That's Mr. Chris Bagnell, who sent me this stat. Uh, Liverpool have only lost 10 games in the last 10 months. So, obviously, the podcast is, is less than two months old. So, it might have been luckier before then, or we, we might have just hit it at the right time. So, anyway, moving on to the Leeds-Liverpool match. I predict there's going to be goals. Um... I don't think we've got a choice but to concede the way that Leeds play. It's going to be a bit of a basketball match, in my opinion. And I'll throw the, the prediction out there early and then I'll sort of deep dive into it for middle management speak. I've gone 3-2 Liverpool. I think it's a big game for us both. 
Uh, Leeds are obviously now looking over the shoulder, and I think they're going to have to go for it, which in a weird way plays into our hands. I know we've struggled with likes of Norwich for an hour. Uh, we struggled to break down Burnley because they sit back and you know the compact. But teams that want to attack us, we want to play against them. It's sort of that's our, our you know it's our bread and butter is that one and that and three two it's sort of in in a similar way to the opening game of last season. I think it's going to be sort of like that. You score, we score, you score, we score, and then we just about get over the line. I think Salah's probably going to score again. I think he's going to look yeah, over his shoulder for Jota. Jota's sort of catching up to him. I don't know if Jota's going to play or not. You know, The extent of his ankle injury hasn't really been revealed. Currently on 17 goals for the season is Salah, which, you know, this, considering, you know, he went away for AFCON, and he's still 17 goals. He's been head and shoulders above everybody else in terms of goals this season. I think he's up there with assists as well with Trent. Uh, I've gone with Van Dijk, and this is uh, my my bookies punt of the week. Van Dijk to score an header at 8-1. to one. It looks like a really good bet, that. Leeds are struggling to defend <laughs> corners, and Mr Virgil van Dijk, the Rolls-Royce of centre-back, he likes a good headed goal, especially, you know, he'll get time and he'll get space and stuff, unless Leeds decides now from yesterday's you know loss or whenever up until the, the kickoff that that's all they're going to do is practice defending corners which I don't think they're going to do I think Mr Virgil van Dijk is is, uh, is going to get an header I'm going to back it <laughs> Eight to one, that's a good paid. shout for me but on the uh, flip side of that and I could argue with the little devil and the angel on my shoulder I think Leeds have got a bit of hope um, Liverpool, they've got an eye on the cup final on Sunday. Maybe they take their eye off the yeah. ball a bit. And I've had a look into it, and Leeds are a massive, massive fourteen to one on Skybet currently, as this podcast is being wow. recorded. Which I think, if you've got one of them free five pound bets from Skybet Club, it's worth a punt at a five to one. You know, um, I know we've won eight on bounce and stuff like that, but all runs have to come to an end at some point. And I think maybe we take his eye off football a little bit, and you know reserving a bit for cup final on Sunday or do we go other way around and you know it's it's going to be an interesting game anyway from a Leeds fans perspective a Liverpool's fans and a neutral I think this is what football should be about you know you attack we attack you attack rather than like we've spoke about in past where teams are just going to sit and park bus and hope to scrape a bit of a 1-0 win I think atmosphere is going to be amazing I think Leeds are obviously going to bring their fans Liverpool fans are going to be up for it and it's it's sort of Long overdue for us both, really, to be honest with you. I know that the initial fixture was supposed to be on Boxing Day, sort of, so that's what it I was, was looking forward to over Christmas. That was my Christmas present to myself to watch that match. And then it's obviously let down a little bit, COVID restrictions and all that shite. So it's 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 long overdue now, and uh, it'll be a good game, and we shall remain friends regardless of the score, I'll say. Oh, 100%. I mean, we might be, you know, frenemies, they call it, to yeah. one of a better phrase, you know, using a, 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 a new term to, to the world. But your frenemies is a thing, isn't it? Your friends, but your enemies for 90 minutes. And I'll say, we'll probably both have banter. And um, I mean, I'm, I'm realistic. You know, I was um, actually on your super fan shout out. I was talking to a Liverpool fan um, at my son's football game. And actually, I discovered the identity of our Jason. So, um, our, you know, the listener that, as for left backs last week, he's actually a gentleman called Jason Liu, um, Liverpool fan, big Liverpool fan. He's at the final on Sunday as well, so he's going down with his son to watch the game. Um, and he's, he's one of football coaches in our local area that um, that's our coach team that, that's known to us. So um, yeah, 
talking to Jason and um, I found out who he was and I had an inkling didn't I but I didn't want yeah, to <laughs> say it but he's another one you know he even said to me on when I spoke to him last week that he waits for episodes to come out on a Monday and he's straight on him so he's probably listening to this now if he's listening live but um, yeah appreciate that Jason obviously I said I'd give you a shout this week but um, yeah keep listening and keep contributing and we appreciate it I just so yeah to... that's um, your prediction we've got another one that uh, we can jump to do that I'm um, I'd just uh, like to say quickly before I segue on, because that's a good segue, is Mr. Jason going to the final on Sunday. So I'll get round to my prediction for the Coco Pops final on Sunday. Yeah, go for it. Let's do that now. It's a great, yeah, great, I'm great show. I'm just going to take half a second just to thank everybody that's listened to the seven episodes so far. Really appreciate it. If you could um, listen to some of the earlier episodes, I know they're not as relevant as what they are, but there are some the things in there, you know, some themes that aren't time specific there's um top left backs top and we're going to move on to top goalkeeper today and stuff like that top managers we are so if you want to just back listen to the back catalog it'd be very much appreciated especially episode two we've, we've done a bit of a reggie and bolly on episode two they don't seem to be getting as many players so if anybody specifically <laughs> wants to listen to episode two and get that some players it'd well, be uh, very much appreciated. Said. no i'm not no, sure <laughs> no no don't blame yourself anyway I I enjoy it have you enjoyed this one Oh, I'm loving it so far, as so always. So far, yeah. I'll, uh, I'll swiftly move on to the Coco Pops final on the 27th of the 2nd, which is this Sunday. Uh, I want to say it's it's nice to see Liverpool back in final. You know, it's a nice day out at Wembley for fans and stuff. It's something for us to get in behind. But I think wheels have sort of come off a little bit at Chelsea and it might be time for us to take a bit of an advantage. I'm not, I've not fact-checked this one, but I've heard that on the game... At the weekend, Lukaku only had seven touches against Crystal Palace, which is supposedly a record. Like I said, I'm not, I've not fact wow. checked that one, but if that's true, that's dire. Is that for a for a player of of that sort of stature? Um, that being said, I don't know if Klopp's really that bothered for it. You know, we've already said that Kelleher is going to start, which is sort of giving them a bit of an advantage because they can sort of read who's going to be playing, and it's sort of. I know Bielsa does it a few times, he shows his hand, like these are the players that are going to be playing, but it's a bit of a keep your cards close to your chest sort of thing. Normally, it's a bit of a chess match, but to say that Kelleher is going to start, they've got a bit of an advantage in my opinion. But like I said, I can argue for both sides, it's potentially the first in a quadruple season. We've got this cup final, we're still in FA Cup, still fighting for Champs League and still fighting for League, so... This could be one of four. This could be the game that you know pushes us on, gives us that bit of momentum. I know we've been winning lately, but maybe to win it in style. Who knows? Um, I've gone for usual cliches. You know, I hope we play the game and not the occasion. I hope it don't get bogged down in midfield and stuff like that. And I hope that our strikers turn up. And I hope that Drogba gets less than seven touches. That'd be quite nice. Uh, I've gone like you know when you sort of drift off into your imagination. What I want is Jorginho to sort of, the ball to get punted up in air and I, I want him to try to bring it down, you know, like he did against Scum other week and he just absolutely fluffed his lines and then Scum went on and scored that counter-attack. That's exactly what I want to happen and I want that to be the deciding goal, the 1-0. That'd be brilliant, that. That'd absolutely make my day. Uh, in terms of prediction, I went, I've gone for two of them and I've sort of been two-ing and throwing. Now, on my heart... In my heart of hearts, I would like it to be a Liverpool win, obviously, and I've gone for Liverpool 1-0. But on the flip side of that, you know when you just have a bit of an inkling and it's one of them bad thoughts where you're like, oh, something bad's going to happen, something like 
in my head, it's like we're going to lose on penalties. So I've either gone for a Liverpool 1-0 win or Chelsea to win on penalties. I know I want Liverpool wow, to win. That is but so it's, weird. It's one of them, you... you know, when you, you think of something like you got a bit of a, a bad yeah, onus. Like, sometimes when you don't want to... you'll understand why I just said that. Yeah, you, you, you've you, kind sometimes... of read my mind a bit, which is really strange. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll let you uh, explain your mind then. So, I actually went for the good old uh, Desmond Tutu in normal time. Yeah. So I think it's going to be a bit of a... I don't know why I felt this, but I sort of had a... Not a premonition, because I'll back it and I'll said it, but yeah, I think, I think it's going to be 2-2 in normal time. I feel like... Liverpool will score, but knowing Liverpool that can concede and certain Chelsea players that can step up, you know, and you've got like Havertz and things like that, you know, and you've got uh, Ziyech that can, can add a bit of quality and stuff like that. I feel like for some reason it's going to be a really entertaining 2-2. And then I think extra time with one of them where both teams don't want to lose it. And then do Chelsea sneak it on penalties, given the inexperience of maybe the Liverpool side based on the fact he probably won't feel this starting eleven. So yeah, I thought about, I did put down Chelsea to win on pens, but I just put it a go to pens. Yeah. Who wins? I don't know. Penalty shootouts are 50 50. You'll be standing straight by then. Because yeah, not, yeah. you're not, you're not going to watch like a penalty shootout like and them. how much you hate them. So, um, make me feel you sick. know, whether you're still there for that. But yeah, I feel like normal time 2 2, no goals and extra time. And the dreaded spot kicks to decide it. But I couldn't write down who won the shootout. I just put a big question mark against my notes. So that's kind of where my head went. So yeah, strangely, we've kind of gone for the same prediction. Although you said Chelsea might nick it given their penalty takers. I don't know, if, you know, maybe Liverpool will step up and the keeper will be an hero, who knows, but well, yeah, last that's time. really interesting. We won, that's where my we won, that We've well, already so won this year on penalties, well, so that is we've true. got form. But, yeah, that like I said, true. my heart wants it to be a Liverpool 1-0 win and I, I just want them yeah. to absolutely batter us. I'm not, I know battering people don't necessarily reflect a 1-0 win, but I'd like us to keep all that ball, ping it about and then just destroy them 1-0. I'd, I'd, I'd take nah, three like or four it. nil. Don't get me wrong, but that, like I said, there's that always that little niggle, like in backyard. Then you've just said that it's just one of them where neither team are going to want to lose, and they're going to both be really defensive and then just chance their arm in penalties. Maybe, maybe that's why I sort of I was sat on fence, splinters on my ass, and I went, mm, it's either going to be one nil <laughs> us or Chelsea to win on penalties. Either way, if it that's goes to penalties, I, uh, I'll win personally because I won't be watching them. <laughs> like if Chelsea win on penalties, I'll already be in assault because it's gone to penalties. And you if we win like on penalties, then we will message me and I'll keep you. I'll keep you updated. I'll do like a little score thing, you know, like miss score, miss score, and give you give you a lowdown if you need it. Yeah, that 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 works for me. Um, anyway, we've got the other game: Liverpool at uh, Liverpool Leeds versus Spurs. We have segueing into that one. So that's obviously twelve thirty, twelve thirty on Saturday. Um, so yeah, that's going to be. Interesting, I say that because they turned over City, didn't they, at the weekend? And I'm not saying that's an indication that because you beat City, you're suddenly going to, you know, become, you know, beat every team you play. But it's 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 going to be a tough tough game. I mean, just to give context, and I'll tell it Saturday, 26th of February, for those that are maybe behind on this or listening on a different date. But um, yeah, 12:30 kick off, and I think we're at home again, so that's good. Obviously, after our last home game, I sort of feel like um, for me, Liverpool was a free hit completely. It will be. I'm not just saying that. You, you know I'm saying that for yeah. the right reasons. It's a game in hand. And for you, and obviously for us, it's a game that we're pulling back from Boxing Day. But I feel like we don't get a result there. That's fine. When we get at Spurs on Saturday, I've got two answers for you there, obviously. Yes or no. But I mean, by what I mean by two answers is, if we can play that with against Man United, I think we give anyone a game. 
and Spurs have shown they can be quite defensively frail, a bit like ourselves. You know, Spurs are known for going one or two and all down in games. They're known for not turning up at all and, and you know, like getting beat. So for me, if we if we encounter Spurs in the wrong mood, then I feel like we can give them a good game and potentially take a point. You know, maybe more if we if we get our act together and really sort of tighten the foot back, which I don't think will happen. At the same time, we could get the Spurs that beat City who just didn't want to stop and they were absolutely rampant in parts and they just didn't want to give up. Maybe they've got themselves up for City and maybe they won't get themselves up for Legion. I think, oh, they're only down bottom of the league, who cares? You know, we'll beat them anyway. They might get arrogant. But to predict it, I'm going to back my own team for the change because I'm fed up of saying that it's going to be a defeat here, a defeat there. I'm not going to say we're going to beat them, but I'm going to, I'm going to go for a 2-2 draw. And again, I'm going a bit Desmond crazy today, but um, yeah, I feel like <laughs> I'm going to go Leeds 2, and I call them spuds, just for an affectionate term. I've got a really good friend on Twitter, actually, that um, I talk to a lot of the time. He's a Spurs fan, lives down in London. And um, yeah, we back and forth about a load of things because he likes Leeds. You know, I don't mind Spurs. We talk about TV shows and all sorts on there. But um, yeah, he's a Spurs fan. We always have a good bit of banter between us and stuff. But I don't dislike the club. And I feel like, you know, yeah, I think a couple of two all draw to be entertaining. Again, we'll be shipping goals, but um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say a point. But if I had to put a score in, I'll say I, I don't think we draw one all. I can't see a nil nil either. To be fair, so I think two two is an obvious choice. But um, yeah, I'm gonna say we nick a point. Well, like yourself, I literally went for same. <laughs> Weirdly enough, did you? Yeah, I literally went for two <laughs> wow. all. The thing is, we don't cheat. By the way, we no, do make our no. own independent notes just for those people. Yeah, that we'll, think we'll, we'll have just to there. send them off for independent adjudication before we start the <laughs> podcast. Yeah, fairy dancers. Um, depends what Spurs turn up. Like you say, I've seen Spurs exactly. sometimes this season and they've been amazing, and I've seen Spurs sometimes this season and think, wow, they're mediocre. Um, I think, to be honest with you, I think the performance against City were more a one-off. I think that were Harry Kane. Saying to Man City, you should assign me. Look what you've lost out on. A bit like, you know, when somebody breaks up in a relationship and then last goes away and she like goes on Slimming World and lose a bit, loses a bit of weight and that. She starts like tying herself oh, up. Yeah, putting a bit of lippy on and a bit of blushing, getting a haircut. Glow up. That's what, yeah, that, that's what Harry Kane did. He did a bit of a glow up. He sort of, look, at what you've, look who you've lost out on, you should assign me. I think that was his. He could have won my ball Yeah, <laughs> speedboat out. That was his. That was his swan song, for my opinion. In my opinion, it, it was. Well, you should have signed me. If you'd have signed me, we'd have won. We'd, we'd have won this match as a team, sort of thing. That being said, I know I slag Harry Kane an awful lot in my personal life because I just, I just think he's a bit of a media darling, and I don't think he warrants it. I think he's one of them that's a bit, bit of a, a knob behind closed doors. I know he didn't come off as that. But, you know, he didn't turn up for training and stuff like that because he was trying to force a move. And then the move didn't go through and it's, oh, yeah, I'll, tr- I'll, tr- I'll sort of show up again. So for me, I, I think that the image of himself that he tries to portray is uh, it's not really the real him. I know he should have been sent off when we played him, when he, when he, absolutely, when he absolutely went in on Robbo yeah, and, and really broke his ankle and stuff. So I think the real Harry Kane's a different person to the, the media portrayal, which I know it could be said about a lot of people and... I'd like to congratulate Spurs anyway for the for the win and opening up the title race. I know myself as a Liverpool fan want to thank you and um and I know a lot of people have been pessimistic about the title race apart from you. And I also want to thank him because I had a one pound bet on Spurs to win at nine to one. So you I was, did. Yeah, I was chanting quid army. Quid army. army. Fantastic. Yeah. So yeah, thank you for that, Mr. Harry Kane. And um aside from all the bad things I say about you as a human being, yeah, cheers for that. So yeah, have you seen him I went for the Fortnite, same. Kane? What's that, sorry? Have you seen him on Kane on Fortnite? Is that I've a seen real thing? Of his proper shit art, Fortnite, you know. 
Well, I guess a lot of downtime, don't like, you? You see him playing his videos, he's building stuff as he's getting shot on, that he's caging himself in, and then he's, he doesn't get killed. He's proper decent, but yeah, if he retires from, uh, I know it's being an NFL kicker, doesn't he, when he retires, Is but it? yeah, he might also be a gamer. So uh, yeah, watch out for that. He's, he, I mean, he probably plays and stop six year olds and that, but you know, they're like Brooklyn Gold of the week. But exactly, he's found his level. <laughs> he might just be that he's uh, good against kids. Maybe probably one of them that beats his son on FIFA and goes ah, getting in his face and that after scoring winner. It's absolutely schools him on a on mystery ball twenty seven nil. We've all been there. The what? Let's be yeah. honest. We've all given his kids a, a bit of a tanking on FIFA. I don't like to Lucas. I don't like Lucas and Amory now. I'll be honest with you. He's he's not quite a pro, but he's very very good. You know, there were years where I beat him every time and we had close games up until a couple of years ago. But he's completely shit at it now. I mean, he's. You know, he, he plays online and that now and does weekend league and that. And he's, yeah, he contributes quite a lot to our uh, our, our team at minute. So I will finally allow him to be better than me at FIFA because he got to that point. Now, my brain's getting slower, his brain's getting quicker. Yeah. But he's, uh, yeah, finally, probably, I'll admit that. And he'll be sat there laughing now and listening to this, but probably he's better than me now. Uh, have you conceded as a father that some, your son's going to be better than you on something? It's horrible, that. I think I it's am. a horrible, horrible moment when it's like passing in the button. <laughs> like, yeah, you probably. Okay, man, I a fight like Leeds, you know, yeah. when it's nine two or something. I saw a bit second goal, like I've just got winning at World Cup final. But um, yeah, I can imagine we've only got one pad at minutes. So we can't start this argument. But for anyone that might be curious, at some point I'll play him again. But yeah, he's probably too good for me. Now I'll be honest with you. You're semi-retired. Yeah, now. I think great preview of all three games. I think we've got some good scores in there. I think it'll be a big week for for both of us. Really, I mean, more so because we finally play each other. Whilst we've been recording the podcast, then obviously you've got your cup final. What I will say, Liverpool fans that are listening and yourself, is very best to look for Sunday in the Cup. Is it Sunday, Sunday what? It, it is, Sunday, yeah. cup final. Sunday at 16. Yeah, very best to look with that. And I think... Um, or half four. Obviously, I want to see him this trophy because ultimately, why would I want Chelsea to win anything? So, um, yeah, you know, a start up podcast, I'd rather be Liverpool. I'd rather Liverpool lift it than, uh, than Chelsea. But, um, yeah, good luck to you in that. And I, I think I've got my usual um, usual bit here, you know, my usual recent headlines bit. I know you, you like these because I just blow them out of nowhere. I've, I've, uh, I've just so got one really, thing. Do you know what I've tried to do this week? Go on. I've tried to be different so I've not gone for the obvious they are penalties is it this is it that a couple of my left field but the first one can I just and interject I to be taken. just Go two on, seconds yeah. I just wanted to say that um, I hope we do win I want to reiterate Mark's thingy Mark's uh, stance on the Liverpool and uh, good luck for the fans of both teams especially the Liverpool team and I just wanted to add that I think that Thomas Tuchel looks like a baddie off a loofah I think he's, he's got you know one of them <laughs> serial killer faces like he used to like it looks like 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 Donat taken or something. You know, yeah, guy that nicks his daughter and that. It looks like, like yeah. you know, you know, when you sort of go for a walk and stuff, and you see someone dead in woods. It looks like one of them that just prod it with a stick for a bit. It, you know, <laughs> <laughs> just like experimenting with dead animals, like sticking it on pigeon oh, on a stick God, and like flying it around. Like you said, wreck his toys. Yeah, and just like fire. Like dissect his toys and put arms on them. It does. It just looks like it pays women to put cigs out on his hand, like that sort of type of person. I mean, it might be a nice person. Probably a nice bloke yeah. and all the way really there. Really nice bloke. Some... Does loads for charity and stuff like that. Great bloke. Ah, oh, well. Can I yeah. just say, when you're suing Craig, um, <laughs> I am not taking part in this. <laughs> Can I just take my son out and do as well from a lawsuit? I've got enough lawsuits. Do you know what, um, like, Lorraine Kelly, she like, says it's what, uh, the, the thing that she puts on, that's her personality, that, that's not really her. I'm going to straight up Lorraine Kelly myself now. There's, whatever I say in this, it's uh, it's all an act. None of it's real. It's uh, not me. It's, no, yeah, it's, it's, not, it's, it's not me. It's the Craig from from podcast. Yeah, exactly. It's the, we're two different people. We're separate entities. A bit like Thomas Tuchel and that. his uh, serial killer vibe. 
Sorry, what were your questions again, Mark? a dark horse. We talked about this. I reckon Klopp would be decent in a bar fight. We've talked about this before, haven't we? I reckon <laughs> yeah. Klopp and glasses would be off, wouldn't they? Oh, yeah. He doesn't need an elbow. He's had his laser eye surgery. He's had his laser eye surgery. He doesn't need them no more. Yeah. If you, if you, if you see him like... That makes him more lethal. And he's probably got bionic eyes now. He's probably <laughs> yeah. uh, got the vision as well Mrs. as the, King. the German brute strength. Like Mrs. King from school. He's got like Terminator for. I tried to segue there because obviously you uh, needed to wish your own fans look and oh, you wish Chelsea look which is very sporting of you but let's let's know we do, you don't mean it <laughs> you're yeah, worst civil. game of the season that's yeah, been completely I'm fair, being but, civil um, like for, for the sake of football's sake and but, I think one of the new stories I've got is actually about the cup final now I need to present this in a way that I thought it was a bit of a cheeky thing to, to, to happen but I don't mean it in any way shape or form on, on the lady involved so basically I read him a Liverpool Echo do my research now obviously there was an article on there that a young a young girl it will be again no names or anything like that because she may well want to remain private although it's in the newspaper but they said she was she was asking for spares for cup final on Sunday and a very brash gentleman said to her I've got two spares if you give me 30 minutes of fun Ugh. so um, yeah I just thought <laughs> what a wrong I know, you I know what? laughing because Part of it is a bit comical, and I think the poor girl, I mean, she must have taken it to papers for her to be in there, or she must have gone on social media and yeah. told the world about it. But I just think the poor lass involved, but I thought, what a cheeky bastard. <laughs> He's like, I've got two spares, but give me 30 minutes of fun, not 10 to 30 seconds, no doubt. But um, yeah, I just thought, what, what is that? You know what? I, I lost the words when I read it, but I just thought, yeah, I don't know what you think of that, or can you think of that? But, oh, um, I can think of that. Strange. Off at top of my head, it depends what thirty minutes of fun is. So if she goes right with house as a couple of games of FIFA. She's got to send a free, you know, ticket for final. Fair play. You know. win. Depends what fun. Thirty minutes of fun, like come on, mate. You're being optimistic there at best, aren't you? Thirty minutes. Is. No one's lasting thirty minutes, and it, <laughs> it shows that the level of desperation, though, doesn't it? Like, obviously, you've said she remains anonymous, so she could look like Hulk, couldn't she? And I, I don't mean that in like a bad way or anything like that. She might be physically attractive, she might not be, but she's put us in forward, trying to get a, t- a ticket for a game and sleazy, you know, no bed. Oh, I'll, I'll give you up for 30 minutes of fun. I don't yeah, know if he's like, tried it as a bit of a joke, but yeah, that's, that's it's beyond disgusting. Yeah, you can see that he's going to be big, fat, greasy, sat behind the keyboard, you know, slobbering all over, like taking 30 minutes, like 30 minutes? Have a word, mate. I, I hope it's she does like get some tickets, yeah. just like it, everybody else. But I think it's a bit cheeky to ask him first place. I know it's I circumstantial. Sort of I guess it's been out of public atmosphere. It's been put on the, on the internet, and I think that's the thing about life these days. But I just found it really weird. And then I sort of segue that into something a bit more fun, and this is a really sweet story. But you were seeing this, there was that young Swindon fan by the name of Joe, who was six years old, who remains anonymous, actually. And he actually sent the club a letter, and he, he, he donated him 26 pence towards his favourite player which is a guy called Harry McCurdy that plays for Swindon and he wrote in his letter that his mum couldn't afford to give him tickets because you know, she couldn't afford a like, lot in life and, and I felt I thought it was so sweet I just thought you know I felt bad for this kid growing up you know potentially in poverty I don't know his situation his mum might just be you know someone that's feeding her kids and, and, and that's it in life and he might not have money for extras we talked about this in the first podcast didn't we about you know yeah, affordability but priorities. I just thought how sweet was that a kid of that age writing a letter and saying, here's 26 pence, it's all I've got and you can have it, sort of thing. And Swindon Town is trying to find him now. So they've actually said they want to find this kid. They want to find out his surname and he'll get treated to like a, a VIP. And they're going to take him to a game as a mascot. They're going to get him to meet players. They're just going to get him, you know, to see his team in action. And 
I just thought, what, what a lovely story. I just thought, you read about all this shit in, in game with all these players and all these misbehaviours and, you know, sluggish Liverpool fans off for 30 minutes of fun and you've got all this side of football where... <laughs> it might not even be a, a Liverpool fan, kid. Mr... So that again? It might not even be a Liverpool fan, Mr Greasy Keyboard Warrior. It might be a ticket tower or something like that. <laughs> Good point. Yeah, it's, not, uh, it's not Thomas Tuchel, is it? <laughs> it might be. No, he's busy in woods poking <laughs> dead pigeons with sticks and stuff. <laughs> Same fires. Dead pigeon. I'll, uh, oh God, do you want me to give you my two that. pence um, worth on, on that? Sort yeah, of. go for it. Yeah, please do. I think it's, like you said, it's it's a beautiful thing. It's a bit, you know, like um, on Russell Howard when it used to do, and finally, or like, like on news when there's like, it cuts to like a local news and there's a uh, squirrel on jet skiing and shit like that. Like, it's just a nice thing, but he had neat writing nice, for a six-year-old, yeah. didn't he? Like, my son's nine and he can't write as neat as that. So, my, I've always got this sort of thing where I take a step back and I look at it straight away from a sceptical perspective, and it's like, is that real? Like, I, I want it to be... I don't want it to be real, and I want it to be real at the same time, because obviously I don't want yeah, that. somebody to be suffering that badly that, you know, my mum's got no money, here's 26 pence. But on the flip side of that, that 26 pence could have been used for a chomp or a wambar. Like, I know I'm making light of uh, a very serious issue, but that 26 pence could have probably bought Tyler Roberts from Leeds. Could have been his <laughs> favourite player. But yeah, I Wish hope. Angels, well, they probably get me to get us working on for the same price. <laughs> Genuinely, I hope that no, nobody's in really that sort of. <laughs> I'm being facetious. I hope nobody's in that much of a position where you know they have to prioritise food or going to Swindon and stuff like that. So I, I hope that it is real in a way. Yeah, yeah. You know, what I mean, I don't want it to be real that he's in abject poverty, and you know, that I hope exactly. That his heart's in his right place, if, if you know what I mean. And I hope that they do find I've him got, and they do look after him. And, and I've got one more like thing, that. which I think it, it could open a can of worms debate-wise, so I guess we'll both have a little bit of saying it. But I don't know if you've seen, you probably have seen, she keep abreast of football like himself. But Wayne Rooney was warned by the FA over comments in his book about John Terry, which I found brilliant, because I hate John Terry anyway. Picked on Bielsa, and as I said, you pick on my granddad, <laughs> you're banned for life in my, in my eyes anyway. So Terry deserved it, but... Obviously, for those that don't know, that are hid under a rock, Wayne Rooney sort of wrote it. Well, it was the film that came out, wasn't it? Documentary that came out about it, which I've yet to watch it, but yeah, I'm going to watch it, actually. But he turned around and said that he deliberately injured John Terry one day. He wore longer studs on purpose, which were legal studs, by the way. But he wore them to then injure him. And that's not really the point I want to bring up. It's the point of, I think, the FA need to just piss off. Yeah. You know, Roy Keane did this. He wrote about an injured out in Ireland. Same, same perspective on it. You know... You've, you've retired now. He's what are you going to do? He's got a warning, hasn't he? Yeah, like, what are you going to do? Really? Like, oh, sorry, Derby adopted. Yeah, Derby adopted another 12 points because of it or something. <laughs> you know, it's like FA just want to be seen to be this. Oh, we need to react to it. You know, let's let's look as as we're doing something for for football. But what the fuck's he got to do with FA? You know, for one, I think I love stuff like this. And you know, no matter who it is, ex United, ex Chelsea, Liverpool, Arsenal, anybody, any form of football that's got the balls to come out after they've retired and talk about stuff like that, I love it. And I'm here for it, me. And I think I'm going to watch that in depth because I've told you before, I thought Rooney could have been bigger and better despite being his all-time record. Yeah. Oh, God, we talked about it a few <laughs> weeks ago. But yeah, I just feel like he could have been, you know, Ballon d'Or next, uh, next level if he continued his trajectory. But yeah, I'm, I'm interested to watch that. But I just thought, what a load of bollocks. But I mean, what, what's your view on, on that potential warning he's got, if <laughs> well, any? It's 16 years. Surely there's like a statute of limitation. You know, if you commit a crime in America and you like beat someone up, Ten years goes by, they can't do fuck all about it. So what's the point? They can't do not from yeah. sixteen years ago. Like surely, like I said, there's a statute of limitation. What? Are they giving him 
they're giving him a warning. What, what, what does that mean? They're going to give him a warning. If he snaps somebody else in another 16 years' time, then what? Has he got a three-match ban? Can't be on touchline. Like, it, what <laughs> are they going to do now? They're gonna ban, are they going to ban fucking Roy Keane for his tackle on Ireland? Like, it, everybody exactly. knew it was 16 years ago. It's gone. I think what he's trying to do, really, is try to sort of sell the story a bit more, make himself a bit more relevant and, you know, get him sent back exactly. in papers to sort of sell the new documentary or whatever. Again, same as you, I haven't seen it, but like I agree with you there. FA need to be seen to be doing something, but what can they do? You know, put them in double administration. Fine. Exactly that. Uh, what, what, what do they want? It, it just it made me laugh. That's why I laughed because I got outraged about it. I mean, imagine if we do a Leeds player, they probably would have punished us now for it, wouldn't they? But um, I just thought it was worth bringing up. And I guess... Um, you have mentioned it earlier, haven't you? I'll let you do the intro, I'll let you do the intro to the segment about goalkeepers because I know it came from a suggestion uh, very close to you. So, um, do you want to sort of intro that bit, and we'll we'll finish off with that with that yeah, segment sure. if you want. Uh, this intro, well, no, this intro wasn't suggested. This segue was suggested a couple of weeks ago by my super fan, my personal super fan, Brooke Asquith, my wife. Shout out to Brooke Asquith. I was going to say like brookaswift.com, but it sounds proper CD. It ain't. <laughs> Improper CD in broadcastwith.com neither. But anyway, she suggested goalkeepers. I didn't, she didn't just put goalkeepers like there were a bit of you know reasoning and stuff like that behind. So we went for top three goalkeepers. Now I'm starting with number three, weirdly enough. Uh, I want again prefix it that it's a personal choice. It could have been a different choice tomorrow. It could have been a different choice next week. It might not be the same choice as everybody else. You know, there's Liverpool fans that are a lot older than me that have put completely different three in, one in or whatever. But I went for my own personal choice because, weirdly enough, it's my own personal choice. So I went at number three. Um, the top three is probably going to be ones that it, it, maybe you'd have been able to guess. But anyway, I went with Jersey Dudek at number three. We signed him at the same time. Chris Kirkland, we signed him at the same time as him. We, we like sort of got two goalkeepers at once. Chris Kirkland was supposed to be this big, massive prospect and he was sort of going to be number one goalkeeper. But anyway, Dudek sort of usurped him. I know he, were, he can kick us five million and we got him from like Feyenoord. Uh, August 2001, if my statistician's correct. Uh, he were an old school shot stopper. You know, no frills, but that's sort of sometimes what you want from a goalkeeper. We've mentioned it before in other podcasts, football over the Premier League years and up to this sort of era, the... the role of a goalkeeper's completely changed where David De Gea would have been the best, he'd have been a better keeper in my opinion than probably Schmeichel because he were a better shot stopper but now the modern game sort of is fixated on playing out from the back, keeping hold of the ball and your, your wing back sort of bring the ball out and stuff like that but in 2001 the goalkeeper were just there to save shots um, and that's that's basically what he did. I think he kept he kept over fifty clean sheets, which ain't a bad record in league. You know, it's not the the greatest, and obviously he's not at number one, so he ain't the greatest. Like I said, the greatest compliment I can give him is he did his job well and he saved shots. Like that's all that's all you'd have wanted. He was dependable. Won a couple of medals. He won um, FA Cup in two thousand five six, League Cup two thousand two three, uh, Community Shield in two thousand and six, and the highlight of. Him being our goalkeeper, the big pole in the goal, was the Champs League final, which were basically, in my opinion, it was his final. Um, the double save from Shevchenko in extra time goes down, and if you have sort of watched that on internet, on YouTube, and or whatever, it's, I think it's been marked as the greatest moment in Champs League history. 
point blank range, double save from him, and he, he sort of he should have had a statue built after that, you know, alone. If the match had have ended there, and then it, it'd have been the, the the man of the match. But it went to penalties, and again he did um, the old grobbler jelly legs, and then he sort of saved Shevchenko's penalty and ended with one champs league. And like like I say, the rest is is sort of history. He moved on from us. I think he went to Real Madrid after, but I don't think he played many games because he was sort of Casillas' understudy. But yeah, I went with uh, Mr. Jersey Dudek, the pole in the goal, number three. So I don't like know if you've it. got any uh, anything to say about Mr. Dudek or you'd like to move on to your own goalkeeper. I'd just like to say that we've no, I mean, uh, I think surpassed the Hockey Day Hour. Yeah, we are in the Hockey Day Hour. I was going to say we have approached it quite in quite a good time, actually. But um, now I, I echo what you said. I think that... That that final for me was probably the time that you remember as an only as an Liverpool fan will remember him by, and I feel like it was um, yeah just one of them nights where he was the hero. You know the players showed that at the end, didn't they? And I think it's a good choice and one that I remember as well. So it's always good that we can um, remember. We're just, we're the same age, so obviously we're going to be remembering each other's goalkeepers. But no, I think that's a solid choice for number number three, and it sort of sets you up nicely for the next couple of weeks when we go to two and one, doesn't it? It does. Would you so know? I'll move on to my number three. Um, I'm going to give him his proper name because he's not he, his proper name from birth was Jovan Lukic. Not many people know that, but John Lukic. Um, yeah, there's my number three for you. Now, this is a weird one for me, this, because he was before my time and in my time, and I explain that. So he played for Leeds between 70, well, 1978 and 1983. He played 146 games for Leeds. And among that time, he got into the England under-21 setup, despite being from, like, a Serbian background or former Yugoslavia, to give it his correct term, you know, um, back then. But, um, yeah, he played sort of all the games for Leeds and then went to Arsenal. And then upon sort of, um, you know, going to Arsenal for a bit, he then came back to Leeds and then became a goalkeeper of my era. So from between 1990 and 1996, he then played a further 209 games for Leeds. And uh, made it as far as the England B set up at international level, which again wasn't, it's not a thing now, but it used to be. You had like England B's in other words, your reserves, wasn't yeah. it? But um, yeah, remember that was a day. Now, two spells for the club. In terms of stats, I'll give you it combined because I think it's quite impressive. I mean, Ben and Manny's played 431 games. Um, I think that's total games, by the way. So that's sort of both spells. Exactly. But if you look at League sort of his combined play. stats, it's 150 clean sheets. That's kind of what he was credited with, and I think that's quite significant. 150 clean sheets is pretty good, but I mean, he was he was sort of a part of our club um, when there was the um, you know the the old first division, and then he sort of came into the Premier League. But a couple of interesting stats about him, and I'm going to sort of pull myself up here because I got these stats, didn't I? And I've said 146 games and 209 games. Well, that doesn't equal 431. So um, I don't know what stats correct, but. <laughs> Let me just go by the fact that he's, you know, that, that, that's the stats I've got that I've given you there. But yeah, irrelevant of how many appearances and in two spells, given that I've got two different sources, there was that 150 clean sheets. But um, a couple of good things about him for me was that he was a good shot stopper. And I remember that being a kid because you remember, you say I say it's for camera, didn't I? Yeah. When a keeper used to be able to say stuff. But you always remember him getting beat really easily from close range by a lot of teams. But then it saves an absolute, you know, top corner banger were going in. Up his long arms had come out and he'd save it, but yeah, it's sort of won that first division, didn't he? he was part of that, that that last ever first division went inside. Um, another interesting thing about him was he was, as of the seventeenth of October two thousand, the oldest player to play in the Champions League when he played for Leeds against Lazio, 
And it was at a time where we had injuries at the club and he was sort of still knocking about as our, you know, third choice keeper at that point. But he sort of stepped up and, and played that game in absence of, of a regular keeper. And then he got that record for an oldest player. And then subsequently from there, it's been broken, I think, three or four times since then by other players. But yeah, yeah he held that record for a number of years. And then the last stat about him was that he played in, is he played in the top flight of English football for four different decades. So that's pretty good. You know, you think of a keeper that's played in sort of seven, you know, sort of across them four decades. So it's actually 70s, 80s, 90s, and then in the 2000s when he made, I think, four appearances for Leeds in 2000 before he, before he left. But he um, really retired, actually. But yeah, ultimately, he um, he basically played over four decades. Which I think it's quite good for any player, isn't it, really, to play over four decades? It's not bad. So yeah, relevant of this appearance stat, which is I'll be thrown into absolute doubt by the two different sources I've got. I'm going to trust my initial stat because the stat I got the clean sheets from, Pulled it up actually as you were talking because I thought, oh, you're throwing clean sheets in there. I wanted to be educated and put a bit of clean sheets that in there with it. But um, yeah, irrelevant of the appearances, I think you were a good all-round keeper. Probably deserved number three. Honourable mention does go to Ilya Melier, though, our current goalkeeper. You know, he was sort of the first goal, you know, first goalkeeper of his age to keep 10 Premier League clean sheets, etc., etc. You know, he's breaking records. He's got a second more saves this season behind De Gea. That was the start up until before the Man United game. But again, he made loads of saves on Sunday. So I'd imagine he's probably still up there in that sort of top couple of keepers but as much as we're conceding a lot of goals we won't be conceding a lot we'd be conceding a lot more without Melier but he was sort of a, a question mark for number three but then I just thought you know what Luke is part of that era when I enjoyed my football when I first started going I couldn't not mention the guy especially given he's played so many games but yeah that's my number three and obviously from that Leeds fans listening will probably derive who my number one and well, two and one are going to be maybe not in, in a particular order but yeah, I can imagine that it's pretty obvious where I'm going to go with this one. But yeah, great suggestion by Brooke. Great position. It warrants us talking about it for more than 30 seconds because of quite yeah. a lot of keepers that we both enjoyed. Isn't it? So um, yeah, that's my number three. That's a good shout. Historically, we've as Liverpool, I'm not sure entirely of Leeds' goalkeeping history, but at Liverpool, historically, I've got some good goalkeepers. And I think there's going to be a couple of people, obviously of an older era, they're going to be a bit... Bit miffed at me, uh, me three and me, me, me two and me one, but you can't, uh, you can't win them all anyway. But yeah, John, Lu- I remember John Lukic. I don't remember much about him, but I remember, like you said, some of some of the saves he should have made, he, he didn't, and then some of the ones that he made, he shouldn't have saved. So it was for me, it were, were a bit of a weird one. Like, oh, how was he saved that? Like, it, oh, how was he missed that? It, it just for me anyway, it, it were a bit inconsistent. But I, I did like him as a goalkeeper. He wasn't a bad player. Like I said, forty spend forty years in a game. Like who can even in this day and age spend forty years in a job outside of football? Nobody. There's not many people that can spend you know four decades in a job regardless of what it is, especially an elite level, you know, professional athlete. You know, I think it's funny as well, and we don't want to spoil it. But I'd be pretty certain that within our two and one, we're both going to have geek goalkeepers that score goals. Let's not. Let's not yeah, even no, confirm no that you're in, but so again, no comment. <laughs> yeah, so uh, yeah, we're probably giving a little bit away. I like your no comment there. He's remaining very neutral, but um, yeah, I think there's going to be an inkling of goal scoring goalkeepers uh, mentioned in this two and one, which is interesting. But I think that's sort of a good good place to finish. I think Okadeal has been gently gently caressing the clock there. We've got we've clocked over as hour as we usually do, but. Um, you know, I'm going to say it because I last week killed me. 
I know they got caught off today, didn't I, earlier yeah, on? That'd have been even worse halfway through. But, um, quickly at your team, yeah, Kimba. I have I've enjoyed myself, Craig, again. I say right. it because if I don't say it, Brooke gets annoyed at me. Exactly. So talking to her last week, obviously, she, well, she messaged me an hour on social media and it was like, I, I did enjoy myself, Brooke. I promise you, even though I didn't, uh, didn't confirm it, end of podcast. But yeah, been a pleasure as always. And yes. uh, yeah, I want to echo your sentiments from earlier on. I think, thanks for listening, everybody that's listened. You know, there's a few regulars, and, and, and you guys are great, and girls. And then you've got, you know, people that we're picking up, you know, we're plugging it now. So obviously the social media is growing. You know, you're doing a lot of hard work on LinkedIn. You've got the Twitter account that's been set up, which obviously we'll, we always drop that in there. It's obviously uh, YNWT podcast. And I'll repeat that because I don't know some people don't listen first time. But it's YNWT podcast. Give us a follow on there. Obviously we follow back. You're supposed to say that these days on social media, right? But who cares if we follow you back or not? But um you know, you're not sure you're not going to sit there thinking, oh, one follower more. But um, yeah, give us a follow. We put, obviously, the episodes out there. All the previous episode links are in there. We are going to probably start putting more content out there, like polls, potentially, you know, maybe polling before. I might put a poll out this week, actually. So I might poll out maybe predictions for Wednesday or something. I'm a bit of fun because we've got fans from both sides. Actually, first time we're playing each other. Yeah, I think I might that's put a, a little something on the Twitter about that and see what. I mean, we're probably going to get 95% Liverpool, 5% Leeds in terms of who's going to win. But um yeah, look out for that and uh, keep listening. And like Craig said, go back to earlier episodes. You'll probably see how this grows as much as we've seen it grow recording it. And um, yeah, we'll keep doing this as we love it anyway. But um, yeah, keep listening and any suggestions, send them our way and we'll always consider them. Yep. I don't think I can uh, say much more than that. I think you summarised it nicely. We've moved into one hour, 20 minutes. So we're nearly at a full length football match. Um, I will say goodbye to Mark and thank you for his time. And thank you to everybody that's been listening and has joined us. Um, goodbye, Mark. I shall speak to you again soon. Um, and I will quickly sign off, say, and I will echo what Mark said. Thank you to everyone that's listened from episode one to this episode uh, and any, anything in between, really. Um, hope you have a nice rest of the day, evening, afternoon, whenever you've found the podcast. Uh, feel free to follow us on the social medias, which will be available in the links. Thank you. Just like to say that I will be putting the poll on there and I'd like to know, me as well as Mark, would like to know what you think the score prediction for Wednesday Leeds versus Liverpool will be. Thank you. Bye.